midterm election follow-up. How a red wave turned into a red ripple. That is the topic we'll discuss today right here on the Christian Worldview radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host. The Christian Worldview is a non-profit, listener-supported radio ministry. Thanks to you, our listeners, for your prayer, encouragement, and support. You can connect with us by calling our toll-free number, one 646 2233 writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331, or visiting our website, thechristianworldview.org. Before we get to the preview, just wanted to say that the Christian Worldview radio program is undergoing a significant expansion starting this weekend. The program is now airing on Salem media stations in Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Denver, Phoenix, and the life-changing radio network covering Boston and all states in the Northeast. If you've never heard the program, welcome, and here's what you can expect. A biblical or Christian worldview brought to bear on the issues of our day, whether in broader society or the church. You will also hear the most important message, the good news, the gospel, that sinful man can be made right with holy God through the person and work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Now, most people don't know that Christian radio is funded differently than all other forms. The ministry programs pay the station or network to air the program and then rely on listener support to recoup the cost of airtime. So we'd like to thank our Christian Worldview partners who are regular donors to this ministry and our other donors for making this expansion possible. We will need your support going forward to make this expansion viable and we'll be trusting God to make things clear in time. Now, the Christian worldview is not primarily political in focus, but we as Christians live in a country with a political process and policies that affect our lives. And just like any other citizen, Christians have the right, and I would say the duty, to participate in our political process. I think Owen Strand said it well. He's from Grace Bible Theological Seminary, a professor there. He said, your vote, Christian, is not the perfect reflection of all your biblical ideals reflected in spotless candidates and pure policies. Your vote is a humble and imperfect attempt to hold back evil and advance good as a public expression of God's common grace. I thought he said that very well. So we do not believe the Republican Party is the Christian party or the party of God, but we do believe that most all the candidates and policies of the modern Democratic Party stand in abject rebellion to God and his word. And we'll talk more about that coming up today. And so we advocate for the candidates and the policies who most honor God, or at least mitigates against the greater evil taking place in our society today. For the last two years, Democrats have held majorities in both the U.S. House and U.S. Senate and the White House with President Biden. This has allowed them to push through all manner of God-rejecting policies on our country. But the midterm election loomed, and pundits and pollsters and history all concurred that a red wave of Republican victories would hold the Democrats in check for the next two years. After all, the party out of power typically does very well in the midterms. With 70% of people saying the country is headed in the wrong direction, a red wave seemed inevitable. But the results have turned out to be much more of a red ripple. Republicans gained a slight majority in the House, won some governorships, and are hoping three not-yet-called races in Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia will put them in the majority in the U.S. Senate. Now, one bright spot for Republicans was in Florida. The voting process was cleaned up over the last couple years there, and Ron DeSantis won in dominating fashion for governor, as did Marco Rubio for U.S. Senate. But the question we will examine today is, why didn't Republicans do even better? Robert Knight will join us. He's a columnist for The Washington Times, and he's also the author of a brand new book we will tell you about. Now, you'll hear the excuses already, that there were 
bad candidates on the Republican side or the Republican Party didn't do a very good job organizing for this particular election. Or there's the Trump effect that he's become a very radioactive personality and he's driving people away from voting Republican. Or the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court earlier this year sent people into shock that they would no longer be able to get an abortion, so they would never vote for a Republican. Or just the polls were wrong again. Now, maybe there's some slivers of truth from each of those, but they certainly are not the biggest reasons, in my opinion, at least. I think there are two possibilities or a combination of both, and they're both pretty hard to swallow. The first is this, that a majority of the American electorate now is so deceived that they vote in rebellion to God for what harms people and will eventually destroy our nation. And secondly, there is widespread voting fraud taking place, at least in some areas around the country, like in Pennsylvania and Arizona. So I want to start up by just rereading a couple paragraphs from last week's midterm election preview. Today's the follow-up. Last week, you did a preview on the midterm. And I said the federal law allowing abortion in all states may have been rightly overturned by the Supreme Court, but those on the God-rejecting left are relentless in their bloodthirst to restore that right to murder the unborn. So what do we see post-election? What happened? Well, Sarah Arnold wrote this in a column, nearly two-thirds of California voters, two-thirds, approved a measure on the ballot to preserve the, quote, right to abortion and contraception in the state constitution. Proposition 1 would allow women to receive an abortion up until the time of birth, meaning there are no limitations for when an unborn baby's life could be cut off. Here's what Governor Newsom said to that. We have governors that won their re-elections tonight in other states that are banning books, that are banning speech, that is banning abortion. And here we are in California moving in a completely different direction, and that's a deep point of pride. Imagine taking pride in murdering unborn children. So voters in California, Vermont, and Michigan all voted for these kinds of laws in their own states. However, on the good side, some other states held the line on abortion. Moving on with the preview from last week, transgenderism. The abominable, destructive lie that a person can change their gender is pushed down our throats at every turn. In schools, the military, corporations, government, media, drag queen shows, children are having their body parts surgically mutilated or taking powerful hormonal drugs in the futile and harmful attempt to be something they cannot be. This abomination, and that's what it is, has full-throated support of the Biden administration. Next paragraph, hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of illegal immigrants have been allowed to enter our country across the southern border. Murder, carjackings, and violence are rampant in our major cities now. The foolish decision to print trillions of dollars has inflated the cost of everything, thus devaluing the money you currently have. Throttling fossil fuel production due to the climate change lie is another nation-diminishing policy of the left. This is a short sample of what the Democrats have inflicted upon this once great and God-revering nation in their attempt to cast off God and remake the world in their Tower of Babel globalist dystopia. Now let's fast forward one week post-election. Now you would think voters would have the sense to vote against all those things mentioned, right? But they didn't, at least not in overwhelming ways. Here in Minnesota, where we're based, a man dressed as a woman won election to our state legislature. Voters seem to have not minded how their freedoms were violated during COVID as well. I read a column by Matthew Peterson for Thread Reader. He wrote this couple paragraphs here. He said, hey, sorry you lost your job because of the vax. That doesn't work. And your grandmother died alone and you couldn't have a funeral and your brother's business was needlessly destroyed and your kids have weird heart problems. But let's just admit we were all wrong and call a truce, okay? 
It's too bad we shut down the entire economy and took on tyrannical powers that have never been used before in this country. Looking back, you should have been able to go to church and use public parks while we let people riot in the streets, but it was a confusing time for everyone. Hey, I'm sorry we scared you and lied for years and persecuted and censored anyone who disagreed, but there was an election going on and we really wanted to beat Donald Trump. So it was important to radically politicize the science, even if it destroyed your children's lives. Okay, yes, we said unvaccinated people should die and not get health care while never questioning Big Pharma once, but we are compassionate people, which is why even though we shut down the entire economy, we also bankrupted the nation and caused inflation. You're welcome. Let's be friends now. Now, of course, he's being sarcastic there, but apparently what was done to us in this country was just sort of now it's out of sight and out of mind. So the conclusion we had last week to the preview was who Americans choose in the midterm election will tell us much about the worldview and spiritual condition of the people. It's hard to believe that anyone would conclude the country is on the right track, but such is the level of deception when one sees evil as good. That was last week. Now, this week, post-election, there should have been massive Republican victories, majorities in both the House and the Senate, putting the brakes on the God Rebellion and causing Biden and the Democrats to temper their wicked ways. But now they are emboldened even more. They're thinking, hey, we've crushed people and they still voted for us. This is great. Let's do more. And so here's what Kurt Schlichter wrote. He's a conservative columnist. He said, here's a big factor trying to explain what happened in the election. Much of America is more liberal than we want to accept. And a whole lot of Americans are willing to tolerate the garbage policies Democrats push. Now, he doesn't know the biblical term for what's taking place. This is deception. People are deceived. What they consider women's health care is actually the premeditated murder of a preborn human being. What they call gender affirming care is actually mutilating children's body parts. When they say love is love, they're referring to homosexuality, a man lying with a man or a woman with a woman, which is an abomination called in scripture. What they consider the patriarchy and fascists are conservative traditional American values. What they call a threat to democracy or election denialism is questioning whether elections are free and fair. When they consider someone an anti-vaxxer and tell you to follow the science, they consider that to be anyone who doesn't believe big pharmaceutical companies or what Anthony Fauci or government have to say. When they talk about equity, they're talking about partiality, the biblical sin of partiality based on skin color. When they say oppression, that's what they consider the nuclear family to be, with a father and a mother raising children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. They consider, quote, charity and social justice to be government redistribution of income. And when they say empowering the true identity of a child or inclusion— What they're lying about is that it is corrupting children and lying to them that they can change their gender. This deception to call evil good is what Ephesians chapter 2 says when it says, You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. That explains why they vote for who and the policies that they vote for. 2 Timothy 3, verse 13. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worst, listen to this, deceiving and being deceived. So they're not only deceiving other people, they're deceived themselves. John chapter 3, this is the judgment that the light, Christ, the truth, has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. And of course, there's the passage in Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18 through verse 32, which explains everything that is going on today. I won't read the whole passage, but just the last couple verses. And just as they, the unbelieving world, did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, because that's what's taking place in our country. They don't acknowledge God in his word any longer. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, 
wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, and the list goes on. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. That's from Romans chapter 1. That's exactly what's taking place. When people vote for these candidates and these sinful policies, they are giving hearty approval to those who practice wickedness. The first answer to the question, how did this election turn out this way, is that we're expecting way too much of unregenerate people. Who is the father of the unregenerate? The father is actually Satan, whether someone knows it or not. We're either a child of God if we come to saving faith in Christ, or we're a child of Satan. That's what the Bible says. Sinners want their sin. They want autonomy from God. Now, Ron DeSantis in Florida was a bright spot in this election. He went from barely winning four years ago to winning by nearly 20 points this week. And he's got the complete package, the background, the conservative positions, the, the leadership. He is the future, I think, of the Republican Party. But keep in mind, even with someone like him, Jesus is the only real hope for individuals and the nation. Because DeSantis, he's going to be smeared, and he's just a man. He can offer laws that foster individual liberties, which is wonderful, a better way of life for our people, but he's not going to save anyone's soul. The only way someone can be saved is through repenting of their sin and putting their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And this is why Christians and the church are so important at this time, far more than politics. The political is actually downstream from the theological. In other words, when people turn to God, that changes them from the inside out, including the way they vote. Okay, I don't want to run on too long here. We want to get to our interview with Robert Knight, a columnist for the Washington Times. We'll take a quick break here in the Christian Worldview. When we come back, there'll be much more ahead as we do this follow-up to the midterm election. You are listening to the Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. It's that time of year for our fall clearance sale where you will receive deep discounts, some more than 50% off, on dozens of resources in the Christian Worldview store. There are all kinds of books and DVDs for adults and children, Bibles, gospel tracts, even scripture verse greeting cards. Every item in our store has been carefully selected to be compatible with the mission of the Christian worldview, to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians, and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. The fall clearance sale ends November 15th, so this is a great time to select resources for you and your family, your church or small group, and for Christmas gifts. Go to thechristianworldview.org and click on Fall Clearance Sale. Or call us toll-free 1-888-646-2233 for recommendations and to order by phone. Again, that's 1-888-646-2233 or thechristianworldview.org. The momentum from the world is like a tsunami that's flooding our entire country. And the only way to change it is for people to be born again is for there to be a great awakening in our country again and for people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that will never happen until there is first conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. For people to repent and to turn from their sins and to turn to God and embrace His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That was Dr. Stephen Lawson. His book, New Life in Christ, What Really Happens When You're Born Again and Why It Matters, is available for a donation of any amount to The Christian Worldview. Regular retail is $16.99. Go to thechristianworldview.org or call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Welcome back to The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. Be sure to visit our website, thechristianworldview.org, where you can subscribe to our free weekly email and annual print letter, order resources for adults and children, and support the ministry. Today in the program, we're doing a midterm election follow-up, how a red wave turned into a red ripple. Robert Knight is our guest. He's a columnist for The Washington Times. Robert, thanks for coming on the program today. 
Politico, the very well-read online news and politics website, said this, the day before the midterm election, voters' approval of President Joe Biden remains deep in negative territory. And 70% of voters say the country is on the wrong track. Both results that bode ill for Democrats as Election Day approaches. 55% of registered voters said they disapprove of the job Biden is doing as president. And just 42% said they approve. Voters often treat midterm elections as a referendum, Politico says, on the president and his party, which suggests that support for Democrats is on the wane. And many polling averages indicate that voters are more inclined to vote for Republicans as a result, unquote. Robert, before the midterm election, there were predictions from people on the right, Fox News in particular, others, that the Republicans would gain somewhere between 20 to 40 seats in the House and have a big majority there. Well, it's turned out to be, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I think about 10 or 12 seats they've gained. They will have a slight majority in the House. There was predictions that the Republicans would overcome their minority in the U.S. Senate, have a total of maybe even 54 seats for the Republicans in the U.S. Senate. Now, it turns out that there may not even be any majority at all for Republicans in the Senate, depending on some of these still contested Senate races. History, Robert, is that the party out of power at midterms wins big. You think back to the President Obama years when the Republicans won very big in the midterm in his, I think it was his first term, and then back to Bill Clinton the same way, where it really caused him in some ways to to change course. So I don't want to say it all went bad, but this was no red wave. This was a maybe a red ripple. There were some gains, but way underperformed. How do you explain what happened? Well, it's a head-scratcher, David, because, as you said, the party out of power, uh, especially in the first term of a presidency, always picks up 20, 30, sometimes 40 seats. This year, uh, we not only had the party out of power in a midterm election, but we had an extremely bad economy, uh, inflation raging, uh, the border open, lots of people saying, my gosh, the country's uh, being destroyed So a lot of people did predict a big wave. I was very surprised when I tuned in election night and I thought, my gosh, the Republicans will probably scrape by and get the House, which will help. It'll kick Nancy Pelosi out of the speaker's seat, Uh, but they should easily get it. I can't quite explain this, but let me float two possibilities. One, the polls were wrong as usual. Second, We had a lot of vote fraud, I believe, in 2020, and not all of the relaxation of election integrity procedures were restored. Now, I have to think with a president this obviously unpopular and diminished in capacity, and people suffering under high gas prices and grocery prices, and people watching millions come across our border, you know, all of the above, COVID lockdowns. It doesn't make sense that the Republicans would barely scrape by. That's why I have to think there had to be some vote fraud in some of these swing districts. You notice in states that really did a lot to clean up their uh, voting act, like Florida, there were resounding Republican victories. Florida really took vote fraud seriously, and they initiated a new system. And you could even track your vote in Florida like you can a post office package with a tracking number and see when it's even counted. They really were clear. And what happened? Well, Governor DeSantis won by 20 points. Senator Rubio, Marco Rubio, just drubbed his opponent. It was a huge bright spot for Republicans in an otherwise lackluster election. Texas was another bright spot. Of course, Texas also has moved to tighten its election security. Here's another two reasons. One, You know, after decades of miseducation, it could be that we have half the country so miseducated that they continue to vote for people who make them miserable. And they're told that, oh, they'll they'll give you a free lunch. And the free stuff army keeps growing with dependency. So that might have played a part. And the other thing was the abortion issue. Apparently, it did motivate a lot of young women to vote Democrats. They accused their opponents of being extremists. 
even though they're the ones who are extremists and wanting abortion right up to the day of birth. One thing that I don't think played a big role was January 6th. You know, President Biden hammered that idea that if you vote for Republicans, it's an end to democracy. You're putting semi-fascists in power. And he just demonized half the country. I don't think that played. The big issue for people was whether they were part of the Free Stuff Army or not. If they were, like all those people who had college loans forgiven and taken on by taxpayers probably voted Democrat. That won a lot of votes. In fact, people aged 18 to 29 gave Democrats their votes by 28 points. Mm. What does that tell you? Robert Knight with us today on The Christian Worldview. He's a columnist for The Washington Times. He also has a brand new book out. We have it linked at our website, thechristianworldview.org. It's entitled Crooked, What Really Happened in the 2020 Election and How to Stop the Fraud. And we're going to get into that a little later in our conversation today. So let me just tick off a few bullet points. And you mentioned some of them, Robert. A president who is clearly not mentally fit to be president of the United States. Many of us think it's doubtful he actually won. Most votes in American history in 2020, I do not think so. Number two, just an authoritarianism that has taken over this country since since COVID, the lockdowns, the injection mandates, the restriction of any kind of speech that went against the approved narrative on COVID, the surge in crime in our cities. You mentioned the completely porous borders where millions of illegal immigrants are coming across the borders. The pushing, the relentless pushing of sexual and gender ideology, wickedness and abortion. You mentioned that everywhere in society. Every single ad, Robert, that I saw in Minnesota for Democrats was based on abortion. The Republicans too, quote, too extreme, too extreme for Minnesota. Vote for us. We'll give you the opportunity to kill your your preborn child. The environmental lie, the the crushing of fossil fuels and energy, making its energy dependent in the name of, quote, saving the climate, the printing of money and the, the spending of money that caused rampant inflation, making everything more expensive. We're told, Robert, that this isn't what most Americans want, but Americans keep voting for the candidate who pushed this unbiblical worldview Is it likely that the worldview of this voting electorate in America has changed so much from believing in constitutional uh, representative republic to being just a socialistic mindset that really the, 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 the worldview demographic has reached a tipping point where there's far more people who believe in communitarianism or big government versus constitutional and individual liberties? I do think the electorate has changed. I think uh, that people are uninformed, even though we have an explosion in all kinds of media. The mainstream media and big tech have been uh, actively suppressing conservative opinion and conservative people and conservative candidates, and they've been caught at it. What Rush Limbaugh called the low information voter is our biggest problem. They're not being told the truth. Uh, They're being fed a constant diet of scare tactics and lies and, frankly, demonization of people who are conservative, uh, of Christians, of white people. Enough people are buying it. And I did mention vote fraud earlier. I just fail to believe that in the state of Pennsylvania that a guy like Fetterman, the Democrat candidate who is actually brain damaged. He had a stroke. He can't even communicate anymore. He can't seem to understand simple concepts. And he pushed hardcore left-wing positions, including letting more convicted criminals out of jail in a state that's now immersed in a crime wave, was elected. But I just find it hard to believe that the average Pennsylvanian said, yeah, we want more inflation. We want more uh, rioting. We want more crime. We want more liberal DAs who are opening the prison doors. We want our gas prices to go higher. Sure, let's keep voting Democrat. I just don't buy it. I agree with you, Robert. I, I It hasn't all come out yet. Like you mentioned earlier, we don't have the evidence yet. There are rumblings of things I'm reading here and there. 
But I think there is an underbelly of things going on in voter fraud that is beyond any of our imaginations in this country. It seems that it's almost become systematized now, especially in certain places like Pennsylvania and Arizona and other places. There's something going on underneath here that may preclude everything. All the things we're discussing may be irrelevant because if you don't have fair elections, you don't have a constitutional republic. You have a banana republic that where candidates are being selected, not elected. The Democrats must feel very empowered and vindicated. President Biden gave a speech the other day talking about them. There's no change. He's going to run again. And what, what do you think their agenda is going to be the next couple of years now that um, the midterms didn't go so badly for them? They still went badly enough that he's probably lost the House. And if he doesn't have the House, which appropriates money, uh, he's not going to be able to enact as many radical measures as he did in his first couple of years. You know, they push the trillions and trillions of spending. I don't believe the Republican House is going to put up with that. So that's a good thing. The jury's still out in the Senate. I think the Republicans still could gain the Senate. And if they do that, then he's going to have trouble even getting his judicial nominees through. You're right. He he doubled down, uh, the president uh, did, gleefully saying, oh, well, we're not going to do anything different. We're, in fact, you haven't seen anything yet, he said in, in so many words. I think uh, he's, he's going to find that it's not so easy around this time. All right, we'll just take a quick break for some ministry announcements. And when we return, we're going to talk about the rising star of Ron DeSantis from Florida. Robert Knight is our guest. You are listening to The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. It's that time of year for our fall clearance sale where you will receive deep discounts, some more than 50% off, on dozens of resources in the Christian Realview store. There are all kinds of books and DVDs for adults and children, Bibles, gospel tracts, even scripture verse greeting cards. Every item in our store has been carefully selected to be compatible with the mission of the Christian Realview, to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians, and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. The fall clearance sale ends November 15th, so this is a great time to select resources for you and your family, your church or small group, and for Christmas gifts. Go to thechristianworldview.org and click on Fall Clearance Sale. Or call us toll-free 1-888-646-2233 for recommendations and to order by phone. Again, that's 1-888-646-2233 or thechristianworldview.org. For a limited time, we are offering My Boy Ben for a donation of any amount to The Christian Worldview. The book is the true story of a yellow lab that I had back when I was competing on the professional tennis tour. It's about relationships with Ben, my parents, with the childhood friend I would eventually marry, but ultimately with God, who causes all things, even the hard things, to work together for good. You can order a signed and personalized copy for yourself or for your friend who enjoys a good story, loves dogs, sports, or the outdoors, and most of all, needs to hear about God's grace and the gospel. My Boy Ben is owned by The Christian Realview. It's 264 pages, hardcover, and retails for $24.95. To order, go to thechristianrealview.org or call one 646 2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for joining us today on The Christian Realview. I'm David Wheaton, the host. Just a reminder that today's program and past programs are archived at our website, thechristianrealview.org. Transcripts and short takes are also available. We are doing a follow-up today on the midterm election, how a red wave turned into a red ripple, and Robert Knight from The Washington Times is our guest. Robert, let's talk about what happened in Florida with Governor Ron DeSantis getting reelected. He won by nearly 20 points over Democrat challenger Charlie Crist. As a matter of fact, let me just play a quick soundbite from DeSantis's victory speech on election night. Well, thank you so much. 
You know, over these past four years, we've seen major challenges for the people of our state, for the citizens of the United States, and above all, for the cause of freedom. We saw freedom in our very way of life, and so many other jurisdictions in this country wither on the vine. Florida held the line. We chose facts over fear. We chose education over indoctrination. We chose law and order over rioting and disorder. Florida was a refuge of sanity when the world went mad. We stood as a citadel of freedom for people across this country and indeed across the world. We faced attacks. We took the hits. We weathered the storms. But we stood our ground. We did not back down. We had the conviction to guide us, and we had the courage to lead. We made promises. We made promises to the people of Florida, and we have delivered on those promises. And so today, after four years, the people have delivered their verdict. Freedom is here to stay. Now, we actually had to shorten the applause in that soundbite because they were so long just for sake of time. But then, Robert, he finished this way, directly attacking wokeism. Now, this great exodus of Americans, for those folks, Florida, for so many of them, has served as the promised land. We, we have embraced freedom. We have maintained law and order. We have protected the rights of parents. We have respected our taxpayers. And we reject woke ideology. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Okay, he's a force to be reckoned with. DeSantis is now being spoken of as... He and Donald Trump and are the, the two front runners. Think about candidates for president in 2024. Why is Ron DeSantis? Of course, he's got an incredible background. Yale undergrad, Harvard Law School, served in the U.S. Navy, lots of military awards, very strong convictions. He's conservative. Why has he been so successful in Florida? In contrast that to the others that Trump endorsed kind of the the mega Republicans, the the mega Trumpers didn't do as well. And it seems that DeSantis is every bit as conservative Trump, if not more so. DeSantis has governed very effectively in Florida, and the voters see that. Uh, He also stood up to the powers that be on key issues like children being sexualized. Uh, Most Republicans run away from that. They're they're afraid of the LGBTQ lobby accusing them of bigotry. DeSantis didn't care. He even took on Disney. You talk about establishment. Well, the Mouse House is the establishment in Florida. He didn't care. He took them on. And they they opposed this bill that he pushed through the legislature that would prevent the kids being exposed to gender identity and sexual orientation lessons from kindergarten through third grade. And then anything after that had to be age-appropriate. The left screamed bloody murder, and DeSantis didn't back down. He did very well cleaning up after Hurricane Ian, rebuilt a bridge to Sanibel Island right away, got aid to everybody. I mean, the man is competent, he's articulate, and he doesn't back down. So he is becoming the rising star in the Republican Party. And I know that former President Trump is out there and assuming announces soon uh, to run again. He'll have a big base from last time around. And I sure hope those two don't get into a fight and end up rewarding the Democrats. I hope somehow they work it out. Yeah, I don't think that's going to take place with Donald Trump. He's already said things like call Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSanctimonious, and just uh, he's already undercutting him some. And uh, he doesn't have the personality. 
you know, I, I appreciate many of the, the policies that, that Trump did while he was in office. But I, I think the reality is the relentless attacks on him, the, the, the needless fights he took up, his narcissism, his arrogance, to say it plainly, it just makes him a radioactive candidate. I, I'm not sure he can win again. And I think I look at DeSantis, and this is someone who has every bit the same levels of conservatism and probably more actually, but has much more of a temperament that I think will be much more effective nationwide. So, um, you know, it's too early to call that. Yep. That's just my initial impression. Robert Knight with us today on the Christian worldview. Let's get into some of the election integrity. You've touched on it already, uh, Robert. Voting system has really changed since COVID back in 2020. They allowed all sorts of early voting back then, and same for this election cycle as well. You could vote early now, not just on election day. Hundreds of thousands of votes are already put in, even before people watch the debates. They mail out ballots, which makes it ripe for left-wing organizations to harvest ballots. I know you saw 2,000 Mules by Dinesh D'Souza, and they had these things on film. Uh, people dropping off ballots in the middle of the night with gloves on, uh, various ballot boxes around different cities around the country. Uh, there's, there's all these drop boxes, just just ripe for fraud. The electronic machines, which which many say that can be just like any computer, they can be hacked and manipulated. The slow counting of votes. You know, we can't get the results of elections. And, you know, we, we all go to bed on election night n- not knowing who won. And in the dark of the night, you know, supposedly all the votes are being counted. We have to put trust in that. It's not not very common that you have to show voter ID. Uh, I didn't when I voted here in Minnesota this year. I read a column by a woman named Catherine Salgado. I don't know her, but she had an interesting point. She says, so what happened last night in the midterms? That's what all the Republicans are asking. Nothing makes sense. 73 to 75 percent of the country thought we were heading in the wrong direction. There was record turnout. Exit polls were strongly favorable to Republicans. States like Nevada and Arizona added Republican votes, and Florida in- indicated a smashing red wave. So how is it that Republicans barely switched the House, and we need to pray now for the Senate? I'll say it in one word, cheating. Of course, like you said, we don't know this yet, but we're hearing some rumblings. You wrote a book on this now, Crooked, what really happened in the 2020 election and how to stop it. Again, we have it linked at our website, thechristianworldview.org. What is going on in our voting process? Well, not enough changed, David. That's the problem. Some states moved to tighten their ID requirements. Others reduced early voting. Others got rid of the drop boxes. Uh, Pennsylvania outlawed uh, private money coming in and affecting election offices. And this was a huge uh, factor in 2020 when Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, Priscilla Chan, pumped in $400 million into two organizations that then took over election offices in key states like Wisconsin and Michigan uh, and turned them into Democrat get-out-the-vote operations. I mean, it should have been totally illegal. Uh, some of that continued. Zuckerberg didn't pour $400 million in, but there is evidence that his those groups that he funded were still interfering in some races and, and helping out, so to speak, with ballot counting and ballot curing and things like that. It's just the, the impression a lot of us have is that the Democrats have figured out a way to hardwire fraud. So it's hard to detect, but could swing some very close races. And there are a lot of these races where the Republicans were neck and neck with the Democrats and ended up losing. And you got to wonder, in a year in which all those factors are out there that you cited, from the economy to the border to the COVID lockdowns and the general malaise gripping the country, there's no way the Republicans shouldn't have had a big red wave absent something like fraud. Harvard-trained researcher Robert Epstein has chronicled how Google, just Google, changed millions of votes uh, in 2016 for Hillary Clinton, and he estimated that millions were changed in 2020 for Joe Biden. How do they do it? Well, by suppressing content, by elevating other content, attaching notes that undercut credibility. Uh, They bury conservative websites. I mean, WorldNet Daily, uh, the oldest online conservative website, is virtually non-existent on Google. 
you have to put in exactly what you want to find it. Uh, they've made it very difficult to find, and that demonetizes that website. Uh, they've done that with other websites as well. So that hasn't stopped. Uh, Google has way too much power, and so does Facebook still. Those things were still in play this time around. Would you call that vote fraud? Uh, not the way we think of it, where you think of people impersonating others and going to the polls and uh, voting for them or submitting false ballots and that sort of thing. I think that happened. Uh, but I think there are other more subtle ways to shift and rig the voting. How will this be stopped when there's so much resistance to firming up election integrity? Early voting now is going to be very difficult to take that away. Mail-in voting, same thing. Voter ID, showing voter ID is, is you know, that's racist to demand that. Uh, you need legislative majorities in states to get these kinds of things passed. And if the elections aren't fair to get those kind of legislators in there, what can be done about this? Well, I think Virginia and Florida are good models. Uh, we thought the world had ended uh, in 2017 when the Democrats took over the legislature and governorship of Virginia. And they rammed through a very radical agenda, including getting rid of our photo ID voting law. But come around uh, 2021, and guess what? The, the House flipped. We got a new governor, attorney general, and a lieutenant governor are all conservative Christians. What the Republicans did was take vote fraud very seriously, send out an army of attorneys and poll watchers, and they made sure they kept the vote fraud down. They had a victory in a state that uh, people had written off as blue, as solidly Democrat. And same thing in Florida. You had Governor DeSantis and Marco Rubio scoring enormous victories in Miami-Dade County, a Democratic stronghold for the last two decades. How did that happen? Well, getting rid of vote fraud is a big reason, but also they appealed to all the demographics. If you look at this election overall, you still see the trends that scare the Democrats. Lots more Hispanics voting for Republicans. Lots more black people voting for Republicans, particularly black men. And if they lose those demographics much more than they have now, you will see a red wave coming. Uh, so they are doing whatever they can to try to hang on to those demographics. And part of their strategy is to demonize white people and say they they are out to destroy minorities and all these lies that are being told and, and divide us into identity groups. I'd like to think that more Americans would see through that and reject it. Robert Knight with us today in The Christian Realview, the author of a brand new book entitled Crooked, What Really Happened in the 2020 Election and How to Stop the Fraud. That is an extremely important topic in this country. And you can find a link directly to where you can buy the book by going to our website, thechristianworldview.org. He also has a website, Robert H. Knight. Dot com. Sign up for his weekly column for free there. We are running up against the end of the program, Robert, but thank you for coming on the program today. All right, just some follow-up comments here, because you can look at the situation that happened in this midterm election, and if you're a Christian or a conservative, you can be disappointed, dismayed, distressed about the future of the country. And here's why. Christians love righteousness. We love policies that honor God, and that's the way Christ will reign in his theocracy when he returns. We are not at that point now because the majority of our citizens live in opposition to God and don't want to be under his authority or his laws. But God is not mocked. What has been sown in our country, we are reaping. But we do trust in God. He is the one who appoints leaders in Scripture, and sometimes it's for our discipline. I think that's where we are right now. But God is in perfect control of our times. Isaiah 40 is the passage we need to go to to be assured that God is in control and he's above all that's taking place here in our country and the world. Here's the latter portion of that chapter. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he, God, who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He, God, it is, who reduces rulers to nothing 
who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted. Scarcely have they been sown. Scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth, but he merely blows on them and they wither and the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me that I would be his equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their hosts by number, he calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. So why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary." That is from Isaiah chapter 40. In Christian, we can take great heart and encouragement in boldness because God is in control. Let's work toward revival. Our own personal sanctification, the pursuit of that, our evangelism and discipleship of those within our spheres of influence, our involvement in strong and sound local churches, that is where our priority and our most energy and focus needs to be. Yes, be involved in politics. But that's not where our hope is. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. If Jesus Christ is not your Savior and he's not your Lord, I urge you today in the strongest terms to repent of your sin and believe in him, that what he did for you on the cross paid God's required penalty for your sin so that you can be forgiven, so that God can account to you the very righteousness of his Son and so you can have eternal life with him in heaven. If you have more questions about that, go to our website, thechristianworldview.org, and click on the page, What Must I Do to Be Saved? Next week on the program, Cal Beisner of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation is going to join us to talk about the COP27 environmental conference that's taking place in Egypt right now. Did you know that the Pope and Judaism and Islam are going to be represented at Mount Sinai, where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments? They're having a ceremony entitled, A Prophetic Call for Climate Justice and Ceremony of repentance, again, on Mount Sinai. That sounds like something out of the book of Revelation to me when the religions of the world unite together. So stay tuned next week, same time, for The Christian Worldview. Thank you for joining us today on The Christian Worldview radio program. In just a moment, there will be information on how you can hear a replay of today's program, order transcripts and resources, and support this nonprofit radio ministry. Let's be encouraged. We live in a challenging world, yes, but Jesus Christ and his word are the same yesterday and today and forever. So until next time, think biblically, live accordingly, and stand firm. The mission of the Christian worldview is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We hope today's broadcast encouraged you toward that end. To hear a replay of today's program, order a transcript, or find out what must I do to be saved, go to thechristianworldview.org or call toll-free 1-888-646-2233. The Christian Worldview is a listener-supported nonprofit radio ministry furnished by the Overcomer Foundation. To make a donation, become a Christian Worldview partner, order resources, subscribe to our free newsletter, or contact us, visit thechristianworldview.org, call 1-888-646-2233, or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview.